Listen up, ladies. You are a bad bitch. You are a bright light. You are a unique, gorgeous individual who is put on this earth to glow. Life is hard, and it's sometimes dysfunctional, and you might want to shut down. You might want to quit. Don't. Beautiful things come from trusting in your journey and staying the fuck open to it. All right. Hi. Um... Welcome back to the Stay Open Podcast. I am your host, Arletta, and I'm excited to give you this episode today. I think it's going to be uh, therapeutic for me, um, and I want to get right into it. So, trigger warning, um, this episode is going to be a lot for some people, Um it's going to be a lot for me um, to talk about, but it's something that I think I'm currently on a journey on that I now feel comfortable enough to speak on it without being um, greater than thou or feeling like an expert, um, acting like one. I'm not. This is just going to be my journey, my account, and... Hopefully, you know, as I do speak life and positivity into you because um, this episode's going to be all about loving your body where you are in your life. Um, and uh, my listeners, I have an array of a demographic um, kind of scattered all over the 20s. I have some teenagers and definitely have women and men older um, hi dad, um, that listened to this pod. So I, I know it's going to hit everybody differently and I know everyone is on a different body journey. So all that I ask is you just stay with me, um, and, you know, pause it when you need to go reflect when you need to. I have, um, a really awesome book and some material to like share with you um and yeah let's get started okay so first hi um I am in a completely different place than I was when I last talked to you this year has been crazy for me I moved down um to live with Zach in Columbus and I'm so excited I love our apartment we live in a loft that has 14 foot windows and it's beautiful and I am trying out a new podcasting system and place um, because this place is so big it's not really like a closet will do it for me um, similar if you heard some of the episodes I recorded during quarantine in Zach's apartment um, I was like hiding in a closet because there were no really spots to stop the reverb from um, kind of vibrating up to the ceiling. So I'm trying this out. We'll see. We'll test the quality. Um, bear with me over the next couple of weeks while I figure out how I kind of want to do this because I would love, I have a whole idea and plan, you know, I want to record these and put them up on YouTube. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, I got to find a spot first in this apartment. But um, 
anyways, yeah, I live in Georgia and I ended up getting a Georgia license, which was hard for me to say goodbye to my Colorado one, but they let me keep it, which I'm appreciative of because I know in Colorado before they've, they've tried to take it and you know, they punch holes in it and stuff, whatever. This one just like they put a black tape on the back. So it's obviously not like a working driver's license, but I still have my Colorado one because I had the original Colorado ID before they just changed it over a couple years ago. So I'm like emotionally tied to my driver's license and it's not even like I took a good photo in it. I look like a little Asian man, um, in my opinion, but uh, it's pretty funny. It, I just, I wanted it and I went to the Georgia DMV. That was an adventure in Columbus and it's so daunting. They like are so aggressive about the paperwork that you need, but yet you need so much paperwork um, and I... <laughs> I just, I, I ended up luckily having everything went there. I was actually in and out in like 30 minutes. That is not what I'm used to at the DMV in Colorado and uh, got my new license. So it's coming in the mail soon and my picture turned out really well. So for anyone asking, I now have a beautiful photo on my ID, my license. Um, and yeah. Life is just fun right now for me. Um, not going to lie, it's been a little challenging. I think, you know, we, I go back to this a lot on this podcast and I'd, I'm going to do an episode, I think, where I dive deeper into just talking about friendships because something I've been wanting to do for a long time and bring, bring to you guys. Um, but the, it's hard, like moving to a new place and knowing that you have great friends around the country but they might not be living in the state that you're living in and um, just kind of living by yourself every day even though you know you have a significant other and they love you Um, and then I'm working from home so the fact that I'm like working remote starting a graphic design business I feel like I am by myself a lot and um, that can be hard especially when you don't have like have girlfriends to go to the coffee shops together or I don't know just like talk outside of boy talk Um, but I'm getting there you know I've met some people and they're awesome and I'm excited. I'm just like, if you can't tell, I'm very chill this particular morning that I'm filming this, which might be good. Um, but I feel like you, <laughs> I feel like people always get on this podcast and listen to me and they're like going to fall asleep um, because my voice can be soothing. So I've been told. Uh, so I'll try to rev it up for this episode. But anyways, yeah, that was my, um, that's been my update to you guys. And uh, like I said, we'll just get right into it. This episode is all about loving your body because there has been, um, you know, all over social media, kind of the slogan like hot girl summer, right? Like we're going into hot girl summer, 
which confuses the fuck out of me because I feel like we've been going into hot girl summer for like the last three summers. And is there going to be something new in the future or is it just every summer is hot girl summer? Um, just asking, you know, for a friend or for myself. But here's the thing. I love the notion and the idea of having a hot girl summer. Like you don't give a fuck. You are here for yourself. You look sexy. You buy outfits for yourself. You are like flaunting you know, your confidence and your body and your pictures, you're going to the beach or maybe on a boat. Um, and I just, I love summer. Who doesn't, right? Like I just, I really enjoy that time of year and the activities that I do with my friends. But as I've gotten older, I've noticed things like trends give me anxiety. Things like slogans like hot girl summer give me anxiety. There are things that my privilege with my body when I was younger um, didn't affect me until I got older and I think I really reached a level of being uncomfortable in my own skin that um, I had to kind of mentally prepare myself to be in a bathing suit. You know, I I have to contemplate going to a pool party and actually wearing a bathing suit. Um, And if you're someone, I guess I, well, actually, you know what? No, I feel like even the most confident, skinniest or most fit or in their body, their dream body woman always has body shame on herself in some way shape or form I don't I almost said I don't know where that comes from I think it comes from a myriad of things um it definitely comes from society right like advertisements alone um specifically target our insecurities because that's the way that we buy the product is we think the product's going to make our life better so even bathing suits are sold and targeted in a way that looks good on the model, right? Looks amazing on the model. And then you buy it for your own body type and it's not as amazing. And then you probably end up hating on your own body when in reality it's like, no, you saw a picture of a size zero, six foot tall model and I'm five foot three, nowhere near a size zero. And had this like body dysmorphia in my mind thinking that magical suit was like the sisterhood of the traveling pants and gonna fit me um but yeah we get it from social media we get it from advertising we get it from watching our older sisters and our moms talk badly about their own body and I think subconsciously we learn that that's the way we should speak about ours Um, what fascinates me though is like their parents so our parents parents they lived in eras where and I don't know maybe your grandparents aren't this old but my grandma definitely was like in the mad men era of like corset training and wearing like your undergarments and being a size zero and doing like weird beach ball pilates on tv 
um, probably in, you know, way early in the morning or at night. So like your husband didn't see you break a sweat and you never went out of the house without pantyhose on. So you looked like you constantly had like a filter over your legs and just those beauty standards alone were unbelievably like anxiety-driven and crippling, in my opinion. And and on top of that, you just couldn't talk about it. Like, at least, I will say, I've been raised and I continue as I get older to be in these chapters of society where I feel like body positivity is a lot more accepted. Um, But in the same token, the ones driving that conversation are fashion brands and social media pages and you're still getting unrealistic images of plus size models because although these women are larger um not even larger just like fuller women like they have real real in my mind what I think of like a full woman's body um they still are getting treatments for cellulite they're still waist training. They're still kind of making shifts to their body that, yes, maybe aren't like taking out your last two ribs or getting like cool sculpting done everywhere. But they still have, in my opinion, an unrealistic body because um, I don't understand how someone can be like a size, you know, 14. I think that's the first plus size size. But how someone can be a size 14 but have arms of like a CrossFit, like a constant CrossFit model and have like these chiseled arms with like this bigger body. Because when you take a picture, and maybe this is my own insecurity coming out because my arms are definitely something that makes me like have anxiety. Um... I don't know. I just always notice arms, right? I'm like, wow, that person has awesome arms. And I played soccer my whole life and I never really worked on my upper body. And so I think what happened was I just never targeted those fat cells enough where as I got older and of course stopped working out as much because I wasn't doing soccer 24-7, my arms are what grew and that made me super self-conscious and I look at these models and I'm like wow I think we have the same body like I love her body she's a beautiful body but she has arms that are like twigs and I don't understand that to me in my mind like it can't compute how somebody can be that size but have skinny fucking arms um so if someone knows just explain that to me but anyways sorry that was a weird rant that I just went on um but I want to stay focused. So we have all of these images of beauty standards, and I will say we can talk more about them. Um, I definitely think there are people in like Gen Z coming up on TikTok that are a lot more open and free with what a real woman's body looks like, right? Or like we all obviously have real women's bodies there's no one standard um and what's hard is what I've noticed while getting older you have one image of what you should look like and especially as you grow up 
for all of us that might be different for some women it's actually wishing they had like bigger boobs to look like a woman Um, because as they get older like maybe they're still flat chested or for some women it's you know okay I've been neglecting my body for the majority of my adolescence and I'd like in my adult life to get a hold of my health and so they want to be more fit or they want to lose more weight Um, and this journey of course looks different for everyone but for me um, I think I have spent the majority of my life being consumed by thoughts of myself and I've spent the majority of my womanhood, my adult years, looking back on images of myself when I was younger, wishing that I had only recognized and realized how beautiful my body was back then. Because now it's like what you had, you didn't know what you had until it was gone. That's how I feel about my body growing up, which is pretty silly because when I was in it, living in that body, I felt huge. I felt like I was 300 pounds. And a lot of this has been me having to kind of rework my brain and understand why I had these feelings. Um, And... I guess I wanted to start kind of sharing my, or not start, we've started, but I want to first share my body journey um, because it's honestly something that consumes me so much that I've kept it internal and I haven't, you know, obviously my friends probably know the majority of this story, but um to work through it I think to work through your issues you have to process them and I'm an external processor I process things by talking about them shocker I have a podcast where I also have pushed the notion that I want to stay open right and um this makes me want to stay all the way closed so I figured it was a great topic um because I want to bring you know, the whole idea of this place is for you to feel like you're talking to a friend and vice versa. And for me to feel like I know this, a lot of the topics daunt other people, but I want to be brave and courageous and do hard things, Glennon. Um, and share my story because if I can make one person feel like, wow, I wasn't, I'm not alone. Like my brain isn't crazy I'm just normal um or I'm just am like Arlie whatever that means um then you know you're not alone so I started out probably in one of the most brutal environments you can put yourself as a young kid I was trying I was aspiring to be a child actress and this started when I was in sixth grade and you're 11 then So really it started like when I was 10, um, I did acting classes in Colorado and started getting noticed by managers and agents. And I have amazing parents that kind of realized that was like what I wanted to do. And 
I've always, they've always been this way, but whatever my sister and I have wanted, they just go 110% in, all in for us. And so they were all in, in my acting career. I was all in. I was a hyper-focused, high-achieving little child, and um, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it so much that we moved out to LA and I spent a year uh, with my mom and my dad stayed in Colorado with my sister and they would do like a couple weeks on a couple weeks off with each of us Um, and I think my like aunt would come out and watch me sometimes Um, but I just was like in my own little world living in a whole other state to pursue a career I was homeschooled and I remember, I specifically remember, which by the way, my mom says it did not happen this way. Um, and I, I don't want to say I know that it did because I know our brains can change stories, but I'm going to tell you it the way that I specifically remember this conversation because I think it was the first time that I had body image, like recognized or was told something was wrong with my body. Um, Also keep this in mind, I was 10, 11, so young. And I went out to lunch with my acting coach, with my parents, and I loved her. She was a role model to me. I just, I adored her. And I was getting like consistent um, uh, auditions. And I'd booked an agent, um, was in kind of conversations of possibly having a manager, wasn't sure if that was like needed at the time. And I felt really confident in what I was doing. And she said to me and my parents, um, as we, I remember the story as we had ordered. So I ordered because I loved Caesar salad. I still do. Um, I ordered a Caesar salad with chicken and I remember it was sitting in front of me when she said this and she was telling my parents that, you know, in Hollywood, girls have to watch their weight and I was going for roles. I've, I've always looked similar in the face. Like I never really had like a glow up or a glow down. I just have looked the way that I've looked since I was like little um, so with that, I looked more mature when I was 11. So I was going for roles that were 15, 16, 17 year old roles. And she was saying, you know, women, little girls in Hollywood have to watch their weight. And she was like, I would get her on a meal plan. You know, I'd get her working out regularly. Um, And I remember her specifically looking at my salad that I was eating and said, you know, you can't eat things like croutons anymore. And I remember thinking, you have to remember I'm like 11, right? So I'm thinking like, but I fucking love croutons. Like, that's my favorite part of the salad. Who, who doesn't eat croutons on a salad? Like, what's the fucking point? Um, and it's funny now, but in the moment, I think I didn't realize how impactful that one conversation was because it was the first time that I had to, I'd ever, like I had just been having fun up until that point, right? I was a kid. If I didn't get something, I just thought that job just wasn't meant for me. 
I never in a million years thought, oh, I was too fat for that role or not pretty enough. I never, like I wasn't at that age yet in that mindset to or have been taught that. So after that conversation, I would be forced to work out. I had to work out, like I had a strict workout regimen, had a strict eating regimen. Um, and, you know, maybe I'm being dramatic when I say the word strict because it was probably just like a regular, you know, eat clean workout more than three times a week. But at that age, it wasn't natural for me to do that. It was forcing me to do that. And I wanted to eat whatever I wanted. Um, and I couldn't. I wanted to, you know, not go and run on the treadmill by myself as an 11 year old in my apartment complex every single day. And those things, although at the time, um, probably didn't seem like big deals to my parents. As I've gotten older, I've realized that was like, that started framework for everything for me. Um, so anyways, fast forward, I, have a lot of pressure, a lot of external just issues. And I end up not wanting to pursue my career in acting, although I was successful while I was there. And I moved back to Colorado because I wanted to go. I was entering seventh grade. I wanted to go to high school with my friends. I missed my friends. You know, I was just alone out in LA. I had a couple, literally a couple too friends one of them still my best friend to this day um but I felt like I needed like to go to school so I told my parents I don't want to do it I commit I ended up commuting to LA for a year which is not the point of this story went back to my life in Colorado and picked up soccer right where I had left off now I'm not doing club I'm doing competitive um or I'm not doing like what do they call it? I don't even know what it's called. I was just doing like fun like club teams and then I joined like serious club teams when I got back um, and had to, you know, try out every year. And I ended up basically, you know, fast forward all through middle school and high school. I worked out. I played soccer every single day of the week outside of sometimes Sundays, but you usually have tournaments all weekend. And I carried over my body anxiety from L.A. into my post-L.A., like middle school, high school body. And so what that did was, no matter however I looked, you know, no matter what way I looked, I never looked right to myself. Um... I always felt like there was weight to be lost and I always felt like I wasn't where I should be. Um, And I also, I'm just always had, you know, muscular, thicker legs. I've always had curves. Um, I'm built like my dad in that way. Like when I build muscle, I build muscle like I'm a bodybuilder. And for that, I felt big. I felt like I was huge. But 
you know, I also was comparing myself to other little girls, other preteens that like hadn't grown into their body yet. And I was starting to get boobs and I played soccer. So I had muscular ass legs and I just would look at my other friends who were still so like skinny because they hadn't kind of built into their teen body thinking that I was the huge one when in reality I wasn't really huge at all I just had a different body type right but nobody was preaching to me different body types I thought there was like a body standard and I just was not meeting it um and then you know fast forward through high school The funny thing about all of this, like looking back, is yes, I didn't feel good in my body, but I still wore crop tops. I still wore low rise jeans. I still wore bathing suits. I still, I mean, I wore tight dresses. So I think there was a level to me that no, didn't like my body, but I knew I had a decent body. Like I knew I had a body that could rock a skin tight dress. Um, and that's kind of exclusively all I wore. Like I chose things that kind of hugged my body really tight and I liked that, but I also would mentally shit on myself, um, every time I saw pictures. And I mean, this is like, you know, all consuming thoughts every day about the way that I look. Fast forward to college I go through sorority recruitment, which is maybe one of the most daunting personal appearance um, judging thing I've ever done in my life. And um, I feel like mentally it just kind of threw me right back into college or right back in not I'm sorry, not right back into college, right back into acting where I was judged on my appearance and not necessarily who I was or my talent. Um, And then all through college, you know, you're already going to college hearing like, oh, the freshman 15, you're going to gain the freshman 10 or whatever freshman 20 it should be. Um, And I freaked out because obviously, like mentally, I can't cope well with my body. And then thinking that people already have this like, stigma and this kind of knowing that like oh you're gonna you are going to gain pounds freshman year and I'm like why why am I gonna do that um and I just I I put so much mental pressure on myself again and so now I'm like looking at pictures I'm comparing myself I'm freaking out that I'm gonna gain a couple extra pounds and I have stress of just school and work and adding in everything that you start doing in college not to mention nobody's telling you when to eat nobody's feeding you it's not like you're at home with your parents where they can put food on the table for you or at least tell you to make food I'm now having to schedule my day schedule when I eat um, and that's like a lot to add I'm now realizing looking back on it to someone's plate literally um when they don't have like a healthy relationship with food to begin with um and I will say you know throughout this whole story I never 
like it never gets to a level of anorexia or bulimia I don't know why it didn't um I think I love food too much to throw it up to be honest and I think I don't know I just I guess I am I I I do I've always loved myself enough to never harm myself in ways that I thought were were beyond just like inhumane to oneself so you know I never cut I never starved myself I never was bulimic I just would be frustrated and angry and then still eat or I would binge I'm more I guess on the binging side um of things because I you know throughout this journey which we'll get into because I'm not done with my my journey but um I would reward myself or console myself with food um that's like what comfort food does for me I'm also Italian you know so I love bread and pasta and I just will always love those things. I will never not have those in my diet. If that means I carry a few extra pounds in my life, then so fucking be it because I love those things. I just love them. Um, Anyways, so college comes and goes, right? And as you're in college, you're like starting to like really get your woman body. Um, And post-college, I feel like it kind of settles in. You know, you finally settle into like the baby bearing hips and how big your boobs are. And for those of you that don't know what the fuck I'm talking about um, or have been, you know, lucky enough to have the mental strength to work out all the time and maintain a beautiful physique or to have climbed out of this hole already um, by the time where I am in my story, just like you know, skip over this part or it's just, I get it. It's not your journey. So, um, yeah, you know, you settle into your woman's body and it's like now I've shifted from always looking at photos of myself and not liking what I'm seeing. I'm now going back and looking at photos of myself from high school being like, you dumb bitch, why did you not love yourself when you had the most amazing body, the most beautiful body? Because what I realized, and this is like post-college to now, and I've been on a long journey post-college with my, my body. Um, what I realized is energy follows thought. And I've known that, I've said that, I've been raised with that saying being said to me by my mom many times. Um, but all I thought was that I was fat or huge or you know fill in the blank of terrible things we tell ourselves when we see photos that we don't like of ourselves or when we look in the mirror in the morning and I that's all I thought so slowly over time I think I actually became that You know, and at the time when I thought those things, it was a slow, I mean, it's been a slow, gradual road um, 
to get here. But if all you're ever thinking is you're ugly, you know, you're not beautiful or your arms could be smaller or your legs could be longer. Um, and some things that are in your control or could be and some are not, you kind of lose that sight of what makes you beautiful. And of course you aren't glowing up, you know, you're not getting better. You're getting worse because your energy is so negative towards yourself that that's all you're thinking about. That's all you're doing. That's all you're saying. Um, And so my first quote for you that I just love is losing 10 pounds will not teach you how to love yourself, but taking care of yourself will. And I think sometimes with a lot of these quotes, they're just so like hallmarky. Um, but some of them really do ring true to the content when you experience it and you learn it. Um, and I guess my first lesson for you out of my story is post-college, I went to an event um, And there was a female speaker there who was talking about health and nutrition um, in a way that I'd never heard it spoken about before, in a way that was like a direct line and correlation and related relationship between your energy, your brain, and what you put in your body. And it resonated so deeply with me that I contacted her practice and I started um, therapy. And... What's funny is my therapist, she was unbelievable, but I originally went there to talk about the relationship that I had with food Um, because I just, I've always known it was unhealthy. I knew I never wanted it to get deeper to something like bulimia or anorexia. And I'm just like over the narrative in my brain telling me that I shouldn't eat that or I should have to half that or I shouldn't order that on the menu or today's your cheat day or um you know I guess I'm also kind of skipping out on the part where and all my friends can kind of attest to this I am the queen of like detoxes cleanses I've done the majority of them I've never bought pills which like maybe is that what I'm missing out on I don't know just kidding no they're not um but you know I've always done like And we'll get into the healthy ones and the unhealthy ones that I think are just like, Arletta, you idiot. But I'm very like quick fix oriented because I'm an instant gratification person, which also this journey has not helped because weight loss, weight gain, um, muscle toning, getting to your dream body is not an instant gratification journey. And that's something I've had to learn over the years as well. Um, But... Anyways, I I went into therapy thinking I was going to talk about the relationship that I had with food. And I actually ended up realizing um, via my amazing therapist that the relationship that I had with food was actually the relationship I had with everything else. And food was my coping mechanism. And so if I had a hard day at work, I would talk myself into going down and getting a bagel with cream cheese because I deserved it because I've had a hard day or you know um 
just like picking comfort food to comfort myself to either tell myself, you know, you deserve it because you've had a hard day or tell myself you deserve it because you had an amazing day. But what's difficult about that mindset where you run into trouble, where I ran into trouble was I was rewarding and or consoling myself every day. And mentally, I was justifying it because there was like a means to my end, right? My eating. And whenever I go on a restrictive diet or whenever I don't eat certain foods, I feel mentally like I'm punishing myself or like I'm enduring something great for a cause. And I've, at the time, never had the mental alignment with my body and my brain understanding we eat this for energy we eat this for health we eat this for happiness in the future um and you know I I I guess I I say all of this to say this isn't like groundbreaking you know I don't think I'm saying anything that people haven't experienced their entire life but through my eyes, and I think this is a lesson that you should carry in your own weight loss journey wherever you are with your body, your journey is yours. It's not anyone else's. And what worked for someone doesn't work for you. And that's why I think diet is so interesting um, because not every diet works for other people. And not every, like calorie counting for some people is amazing. You know, they need that number. They need to weigh themselves every day. They need to know their macros, micros, proteins, all of that. Some people counting calories is binding to them and restrictive and suffocating and scary and puts them in a bad place mentally. Um, And so, you know, whatever journey you're going through with your weight loss or weight gain or just your body, um, and your self-love you need to really explore what's for you you need to cut out all the noise you need to maybe pause and go to a nutritional therapist and you need to maybe figure out the root cause of why you specifically do the things that you do or feed yourself the body your body the food that you do because it won't be like anybody else's There might be similarities here and there, but the complete story from beginning to end is yours and yours alone. And as I sat there in therapy and realized, wow, food is a coping mechanism for me. It took me, took me out of the equation and allowed me to look inward and see, oh, you were just coping. And also look at your past experiences with food diet and exercise um of course you cope you know and and of course you have have things that you do to make yourself feel better that's human nature mine just happened to be you know uh Einstein's bagels and again pasta Sorry, I had to readjust. Um, 
So anyways, I did my time in therapy. I am a huge advocate for it, whether you're going for issues like nutrition or body image or past trauma, depression, anything. Um, I will always advocate advocate for therapy um, specifically to go for the chapter that you need it and then to know when you don't need it anymore. Um, I use it as a tool, not as a crutch. So it has been times when I've really, really needed it the most. And then when I don't need it anymore and it doesn't serve its purpose, I am done. Um, and it has really helped me throughout my life um, in the areas that I've needed it to. And it specifically definitely helped me in this area. But I basically came out of therapy realizing I needed to change the way that I looked at food and my relationship with it and instant gratification and binging and I think the irony is from that day on I've only gained weight um but that weight has been gained not in well no let me not say that I've only gained weight from then, um, but it wasn't until I've been now at my heaviest that I have truly learned to love myself. Um, I also will say, you know, being in a relationship with somebody who loves your body wholeheartedly, um, somebody that doesn't throw food in your face you know or make comments about what you eat not that I've ever dated anyone I will say everyone I've dated has always like really been very positive about my body it's always been mentally myself um Zach is kind of the first person that I've dated that has like taken me out of my seriousness like mentally and been like we're in Italy enjoy yourself or you know, kind of like pokes, pokes fun at different areas that like I used to take so seriously about my body. And it's made me realize like you need to not be so tense and so serious and so angry at yourself all the time, you know. And um, for that, I'm very grateful because I think there's been a combination of things that have led me here mentally but it's hard to it's hard to have a body that's not portrayed all the time in movies and media in runway you know subconsciously you're thinking naturally like okay what's wrong with my body am I just not the the beautiful beauty standard I think on top of that, you either have accounts on social media that are like squeezing their fat together and like jumping around and jiggling it around, being like, I love my body, free, free the nipple, free the cellulite, free the stretch marks. They're taking photos where they're like adding glitter to their stretch marks and pushing all their fat together. And I'm, you know, those people are like way more courageous than me. I don't think I could do that. Um, 
but also to me like that's not that's not making me turn around and look at my body and be like wow it's beautiful I'm thinking about like oh my god when I jump up and down do I look like shit is my cellulite jiggling around like that that is not a healthy portrayal for me and then you know there's the opposite where it's like you see these really skinny women and they just have had like three kids and have a flat washboard abs and you're sitting there being like great for them but what the fuck like I haven't had any kids and I'm just here you know not in the best shape of my life I feel a lot of remorse for that um so you know I if my story does anything for you today um I just I want you to know that everyone is on a different journey and I think everybody reaches their body type at a different time I've now realized I've never had the mindset set up to actually be in my healthiest because I was never healthy mentally so even when I was physically healthy I wasn't mentally healthy and I've spent the last five years being mentally healthy and now I feel like I'm finally aligned to have the physical aspect of it follow and it be sustainable for me Um, because like I mentioned you know I'm always doing or I was always doing like I don't know like the military diet or um, these like detoxes these and they're some of them are actually like really great and work very well like isogenics nine-day detox that shit works um, but it's still the mentality behind the detox. It's not the detox I have an issue with. It was the mentality for me that when I just lose another five pounds, when I just lose 10 pounds, and instead I'm like an emotional, physical yo-yo of losing 10, gaining 10, losing 10, gaining 10, um, living life freely, no restrictions on food, binging, um, or no, I'm sorry, binging, and then holding myself to these like high beauty standards of you know no grain no sugar no diet or I mean no what am I saying I was a yo-yo of losing 10 pounds restricting myself you know holding my diet to certain standards or using the word restrict and then going buck wild free drinking eating whatever I wanted gaining the 10 pounds back being pissed at myself for gaining the 10 pounds back and then going back to a restrictive diet um the mentality there of living a healthy lifestyle not being restrictive but being healthy was never added into my brain and that brings me to kind of the second half of this discussion which is what I had to fix mentally in order to fix myself physically. Um, and the quote I want to share says, Be kind to yourself. Your body is a temple and you are the goddess living in that place. And I think for my brain mentally to be fixed um, or changed, I guess I should say, I had to go through a spiritual morphosis, if you will, 
um, of realizing that I am not my body. You know, I am the observer in my body. I have always felt such a deep connection to this vessel and to my soul. Um, And sometimes would even put my anger in God as to why I was mentally wired the way that I am and why I also don't have the metabolism that some people do. And I had to come to a place and realize that what I think about myself is what will be shown on the outside. What I think about myself is what works for me on the inside or doesn't work for me depending on you know, what you're thinking about all the time. And there is so much more to life than being consumed of thoughts of how much of my Chipotle burrito bowl that I ate last night. Um, and, you know, through falling in love and being completely vulnerably open with an individual about where I am with my body, to have him love me anyways has been extremely healing to do the research and have the the now newfound love for functional medicine and for nutrition and what what actually each food does for your body has been groundbreaking for me um it's all about finding what works for you mentally so I for instance for me Breaking food down into like more scientific conversation was extremely healthy for me because it took the emotion out of it and it put facts into it. So, you know, realizing what triggers my body's inflammation, what um, what I need, what I've been deficient in. So, you know, adding minerals into your body and supplements what that can do not only for your mental health but your physical health um just the the health benefits you get from moving your body every day and then also not focusing on the negative side of I can't do this you know I think I also have spent the majority of my years post soccer getting frustrated and upset when you start a new workout regimen and you can't do as many sit-ups as they tell you to or push-ups or you can't run as far as the program's telling you to, I immediately shut down um, and think like that is my failure. Like I've already failed and I just started. And the aspect, the element I was missing was this is a journey. This is something that you work up to and I think everyone knows who works out regularly those first couple weeks are so hard and then you there's like something that changes in that second or third week when you're consistent where your body feels different and you start getting that confidence back or you start getting that confidence to start finding your confidence in the gym and your capabilities and then it just gets fun from there you know, then you start, the frustration kind of goes away and you start thinking, can I up the weight? Can I do more reps? Can I last, you know, can I sprint another mile? Can I 
walk maybe for another 30 minutes? Can I up it on the incline? Can I try the Stairmaster? Like the curiosity comes in and it's fun and it's no longer stressful. And for me, the only way that I was able to do this has been the last month of my life in yoga. And yoga has taught me, I've always done yoga, you know, I say I've always done. I've done yoga periodically throughout my life since I was probably 15. And there was this envy to me in the practice with other people in class who just seemed so silent in their brain and so comfortable in their body and was just able to hold poses and do amazing lifts and carry their body all the way from, you know, up dog through down dog not touching the ground and their shoulders didn't hurt them and I would get so discouraged with myself when I couldn't do certain things in yoga and it it turned me away from the practice and then I would come back and I never stayed consistent and the one thing that has changed in the last month is I've realized I've just slowed my pace you know I've brought my pace down to my own pace not anybody else's and I've told myself um, I actually think my I think Zach said this the other day we were talking about this just like freak of nature athlete and he has this saying like do something do whatever level of what you can do when you're training for something do whatever level of what you can do for five hours straight that's insane so like if you can only walk for five hours straight then walk um I'm not talking that intensely but I do think there's something to be said about you need to do you need to eat healthy and you need to work out healthily at whatever pace you need to do to be consistent and not stop so for me if that was going to a yoga class every single day and maybe not going to the gym just going to yoga then that's what I was going to do because I see this now as the rest of my life's physical and mental journey and there are moments in our lives like your wedding and your engagement pictures and your baby being born and your family you know your sister and your brother getting married and things that a lot of documentation and pictures are taken and not just pictures just like you living in that moment and you want to be a hundred percent happy and content with where you are in your life physically mentally you will thank yourself so much more when you're in that headspace then than rather looking back on photos thinking if I had only known how great I had it then. And that's what I try to carry into my daily mental practice now is who knows? I could let it all slip and be 200 pounds heavier in two years and be looking back on photos from this time being like if you had only recognized it bitch and I don't want to do that I don't want that to be my story so I mentally have changed and shifted the way I view myself and I 
it's a daily battle, you know, obviously from hearing this story, like that was since I was 10, I am 26, it's 16 years of every day thinking about your body or comparing and that's exhausting and I I think about all the things I could have added to my life if I had just stopped thinking mentally about negatively about myself and so I think you know I say all of this to bring it full circle and hopefully if you've stuck with me this long your journey is not being taken alone but I bet you your journey is being taken for granted 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 oh granted granted hate the word um I guarantee you you're taking it for granted grant damn it you're (laughs) you're taking you're not appreciating where you are enough And if you are and you're like, bitch, I know what you're saying. I am right with you. Like I am on this journey. I love myself. Then I want to kind of challenge you to bring that perspective and that positivity and that light and beauty into your other friends. Like I just think as women, we need to collectively agree to not let our friends talk bad about themselves to not let a passerby or your sister or your mother or another woman be able to say in your presence something negative about herself because we have to break this generational curse of not being good enough in our own skin we're teaching our daughters and our family's daughters and our friends daughters that their bodies aren't good enough And they spend the majority of their adolescence comparing and their adulthood comparing. And all you do is is think you're not fucking good enough. And this life is so much more than that. You are so much more than your body. Like you are an unbelievable light source. A child of God inside of this body. You have been gifted this vessel and instead of living and loving you are hating and nitpicking it apart and not experiencing life like if you're going to have fun and have have a weekend where you let go and you eat whatever you want fucking great do it but if you want to turn back on your healthy side on Monday don't spend the next week thinking about how terrible it was that you you know had fun this past weekend um if you set a goal like if you want to lose weight by a date see that through because in the end you're not coming towards that date hating yourself that you didn't lose weight for the date And then, you know, even more so, once you're there, you kind of just, you need to accept that you are where you are and you still need to love and have fun in your life. Because if you, it's like when I went on this amazing family trip last year 
two years ago. Two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. Almost. And um, I was not anywhere near the body size that I wanted to be for that trip. But you know what I told myself before I went on the trip? I was like, you are going to eat and drink and have fun and rock your fucking outfits and take the photos you've always had inspiration to take. And I did. And I loved it. And I'm not looking at those photos thinking the girl behind that lens hated her body. I'm like, that girl is a thick bitch and she's beautiful. And I love myself and I love my body. And I I don't ever want to put myself in that mental state again where it's not good enough. And I think we need to normalize as cliche as I also think this statement has been to normalize like we need to normalize now we just need to be more open and honest about the fact that we can work on ourselves and also love ourselves simultaneously just because you want to lose you know 10 pounds doesn't mean you can't love the body that you're in right now while doing it I think still the narrative is like Love your thick body and then these thick models are out here working out every day online and I'm like, how do you work out that hard and maintain the physique that you have? I feel like that's counter counterproductive in my mind. I'm like, so are you eating like shit and then still working out? Like, I, I just don't get it. I'm like, I think you can still love your current body and it's also okay to strive to lose weight you don't just have to show up at the gym to record it to show like you are healthy even though you might be a plus size model we know you have to stay plus size it's literally like in your contract um I'm not trying to come for plus size models but I do think I think that industry is unhealthy unto its own too because nobody's talking about the fact that those women have to stay that size like they have to stay that size just as much as size double zeros have to stay that size. It's their niche. It's what they sell. It's like how they sell themselves. They're not on a healthy journey either. They're like stuck and they're not fluid in in what their body type can be. We as regular, everyday, non-model women, you're not in a box And don't put yourself in a box. You are you. You are growing. You are literally biologically holding a vessel that is growing to fit a child um, and be able to sustain a life form. And some of us, you know, have a higher metabolism than others. Some of us lose weight faster than others. Some of us have certain diets that work better than others it is so much more about you yourself and I meaning you than what everything else seems to appear like and for the younger generation that might listen to this and hear this just appreciate your rocking ass body just actually that's for anybody just appreciate the body you have 
we act like life isn't so precious that we couldn't be gone tomorrow and you'll look back on this life on earth and think wow I spent it every single day hating what I looked like and it didn't even fucking matter because I still had friends I still was loved um I still was a phenomenal person. I think, again, we need to focus more on the inside than the out, but that's a different conversation. This one was all about where you are physically with your body. And for some references, um, for me giving some references, I know there's only about a week and a half, maybe a little under two weeks left of May, but I wanted to kind of make the book focus for this month. Um, one of my all-time favorite books to pick up. It's more like an encyclopedia. It's not so much um, your traditional like read chapter one through chapter 50 chronologically. You don't have to. Um, it's called The Body Book by Cameron Diaz. If you do not have this book, as a woman, you need to buy it, you need to read it, you need to love it, you need to learn it. It is what I was talking about with more of the scientific breakdown to nutrition. That's what she brings to the table. She talks about mental as well, but you just learn like what is an actual fat molecule? What does that mean? How does it break down? Um, how does your body actually respond to carbohydrates? What are good carbohydrates, bad carbohydrates? Like if nutrition is something you've always been interested in or maybe scared about, I urge you to dive deep into it. Sometimes it's our biggest fears that are the ones that will set us free. And for me, it definitely was. I only have ever fallen more in love with nutrition, learning about it, it never deterred me. Um, and now I actually understand why something, you know, is bad for my body per se or is not serving it in the best way that it could be. Um, and, you know, again, this conversation is not an end-all be-all. It's not like I'm sitting here saying that I'm completely cured. I'm in the best shape of my life and will never go back to my my toxic ways but I wanted to be a real account in front of you saying um you know you can only do your best you can only put in as much as you are willing to put in so if you mentally feel like it's where you're missing the mark I think you need to do more research and learn more about your body about nutrition about you know what's it like to burn fat rather than burn muscle what's good workouts for certain physiques you're looking for there's so much out there I know it can be a lot I think it's important to follow people that inspire you not people that piss you off like a good example for me I love following Nikki Heaton. I think her body is insane. I think it pisses a lot of people off because they see her body and they're like, there's no way that's real. And whether or not it is, I'm not getting into that. She 
like comes hard for herself online saying that it is real um but regardless it's her body and I think her confidence in showing and flaunting her body and how hard she's worked for it because let me tell you her detoxes are hard like you it's and she does them every week and I'm like I need I'm someone who needs to like actually chomp on my food um I digress though she's somebody I love to follow she's inspirational for me she pisses other people off so so if she pisses you off don't fucking follow her like if you are seeing someone's picture I think this goes unsaid but I need to say it if you see someone's picture online and it just like pops up and you are so pissed by it the minute you see it or the minute you see it you're nitpicking this said person's body unfollow them unfollow them I don't care if they're your best fucking friend they shouldn't be but at that point maybe that's like your sign but unfollow them no one is worth your peace no one is worth your mental health and I'm here if you need to talk um thank you for listening I know this week was a little bit thicker and heavier of a topic um but I wanted to share my story I wanted to kind of put that out there for myself and for you and um it's not easy it's not easy getting older and still feeling like the world is young there will always be younger people there will always be little you know teenagers who don't understand how good they have it till they're older we all go through this cycle um it's just important that we we show more love to ourselves in the moments that we're in and as always I love you I adore you I think you are a beautiful beautiful human and oh something fun so I partnered with a really cute boutique called Mad Jade like first word mad second name like the stone Jade um to give you guys 10% off on your order. So it's the cutest freaking boutique. I just got the um, a really cute black like satin skirt and a white kind of shoulder paddy style trendy top. Um, and you can you can give uh, stay open 10 at checkout for a discount code for 10% off. So that's really exciting. Um and then as always, you know, follow me on the socials, Arletta, you can find me at Arletta LaRue, or you can find me at the Stay Open Podcast. Um, I cannot wait to bring you some of the guests I have coming on this show. They are so, so, so good, and we're kind of going to be focused on like body and mental health and skincare and just all of the things that I fucking love to talk about. Um... But yeah, remember, with all things in life, when you want to close down, just stay open.